0: A lot of this has been probably a lot of me saying yes to things that scared me and kind of seeing what stepped in front of me rather than I've never been someone that has a five year plan and I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm sure a lot of people can probably relate to that where I've just seen kind of what's unfolded in front of me and also been very, I've learned to be very mindful and in tune with myself to really understand and dissect if it's the right thing for me or not.
1: Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm executive and lifestyle coach, Lara Dolch. And each week I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy living, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, mindset, and leadership, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect. My goal each week is to uncover new insights that you can immediately apply to your work and life to recapture your momentum and achieve your big dreams now. Hey everyone, it's Lara. April is almost over, if you can believe it. I bet you can, given how crazy life has been lately. I know this, not only because we've been stuck inside for, oh my goodness, I don't know, six weeks now? But I also know this because my birthday is in a couple of days on the 23rd. Hala to my fellow Tauruses out there. And April 30th is the last day for you to enter my drawing to win signed copies of books by previous guests of the show, like Michaela Kiner, Marsha Morgan, and Aaron Stutland. So make sure that you share your thoughts about the podcast and my listener survey and enter the drawing at LaraDolch.com slash podcast survey. Again, that's LaraDolch.com slash podcast survey. Back to my birthday for a minute, though, because it feels somehow relevant to this week's conversation with Nicole Miyuki, recorded in November of 2018. While I hadn't planned to have a virtual birthday party, that is now the plan. But the cool thing is that I can invite friends from all over the world. The chances of getting all of those people in one room any other way is pretty slim. And while I would, of course, prefer to see them all in person, especially in one place, I'm choosing to see the possibilities created by a virtual party. I think artist Nicole Miyuki would agree with me about that, choosing possibility over fear. In 2015, Nicole began teaching in-person workshops to students who were curious about the hand lettering craze. And in 2018, she wrote and published two books, a journey that was quite unexpected. We talked about how Nicole's unexpected experience of writing two books in one year helped her get more in touch with herself and her self-care needs. The simple but not easy perspective shift that allows you to open to possibility instead of making decisions from fear. How to know when to plan and when to leave space for the unexpected in life and in work, especially tricky right now and how creative pursuits like hand lettering can be a mindfulness practice, especially for people who don't like meditation. Enjoy the conversation. So Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to get to talk to you.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I love your background and I had been connected with you because I had specifically said that I was looking for women who had unique professional backgrounds and and you definitely um, I think fit the bill. So maybe you can start out by talking briefly about your journey and sort of you know how you transitioned from you know employed graphic designer to freelance artist and how that kind of came about.
0: Yeah, so my journey has been very much kind of me going with the flow. I never sought out, even in college to own my own business or be a freelance, um, anything, whatever that meant. And so I started, like you said, as a graphic designer. And then recently what has happened is I'm now a published author, which sounds very wild. And again, nothing I'd ever (laughs) expected from my life's journey, but I fell into the hand lettering calligraphy world. And if anyone's not really familiar with it, it's something that you've probably seen on pinterest or on instagram and it became popular more recently probably from the wedding sphere and so my transition happened from i went i worked at a wedding planning company in LA as a graphic designer and doing wedding invites and then if they needed different signs made or something i was kind of the fill-in girl and then from there i started to realize that i really enjoyed it and then i started teaching That was part of my journey of saying yes to something that scared me. And we can talk a lot more about that. But a lot of this has been probably a lot of me saying yes to things that scared me and kind of seeing what stepped in front of me rather than I've never been someone that has a five-year plan. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm sure a lot of people can probably relate to that where I've just seen kind of what's unfolded in front of me and also been very I've learned to be very mindful and in tune with myself to really understand and dissect if it's the right thing for me or not, which you never know. But I think getting to know myself through this journey, especially through the book writing journey, has been a journey in itself, just learning about myself and the way the mind works.
1: Yeah, I would love to hear more about that because I do think, you know, I'm someone who kind of wavers between, I mean, I'm a planner by nature. I always have been, and I have had to learn, it sounds like you, to allow space for the unexpected as well. And so, yeah, I would love to hear how you've gotten there and how you've figured that out and kind of what you look for in terms of when it's time to plan and create structure and when it's time to sort of let go a little bit.
0: Yeah, so specifically I can speak on my book because I think that's a journey that's been more recent for me. So my first book released April of 2018. So it was this year. And I remember specifically, I got an email from my publisher or my editor who reached out. So like I said, it wasn't on my radar to want to write a book. And I was just doing my own freelance thing, kind of trying to make it on my own and figuring things out. And I actually was feeling not defeated, but I actually was in a space of feeling very used. I think whether you're a CEO or any of those different titles that you have, working for yourself or whether, like I said, it's working with a team, it takes a lot of energy and toll out of you. And at that point I had been in my own business for a year. And so I felt very actually taken advantage of not in a negative way from my clients, but I think I wasn't being very mindful of my energy. Mm. And it was interesting timing when I received that email from my editor, which was, Hey, do you want to write a book? (laughs) Pretty much. I kind of sat there and I remember reading that email and thinking to myself, no way. I feel like she just wants to use me. Like, what, why, why, why me? And I had to, with every different step that I've taken, I've really had to take a step back and kind of look at it from a different lens. So a lot of this has been perspective shifting or just opening myself up to see it and not have this tunnel vision.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: so the other piece of it that I've learned is also to trust and know that when you connect with someone, like you and I connecting and emailing, that's something that you need to nurture and see it through and see what can happen. And so, with that, I decided to just have a phone call with my editor. And that was what made me say yes, because I felt this comfort and ease. And not to say that you're always going to feel that, because I think there are going to be moments where you're going to have to push through. But I do believe that with people and connections. That is such a very real thing that you can't deny. And so I think that was what helped me get over my fear of feeling like I'm not a writer. I had all these different fears, even saying yes to writing it before I even started writing, just saying yes to it, that I also had to get real and real with myself and kind of look at it face forward rather than kind of curling up to this ball and be, and thinking, well, I'm not good enough or I'm scared or what this isn't, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. So Mm -hmm. that was part of the opening up process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like just sort of training your mind to some extent to be open to possibility instead of automatically going to fear is sort
0: of what I heard. Is that? Totally. I, yeah, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think that's right. And I think it's a struggle for all of us. It's And I love what you said about the people that you connect with though, because I do think that, you know, whatever you believe about, you know, coincidence or serendipity or whatever, it doesn't even matter. I mean, the people that you, that you meet are often, are always, I guess, the the people who sort of shape your life and you can either choose to engage or not. And sometimes that changes the course of things as it did for you, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. And it's, it, that's also an interesting spot that I can continue speaking on because I'm more of an introvert. And so the other thing with people was that throughout this journey of writing a book and going through that process, well, the writing process was a whole another thing in itself of being mindful, but also the promotion part of it, which is what I've been through recently because my kids, I have a kid's lettering book that came out in October. So that was my recent. So also connecting with people on that sphere and also being in front of people is a whole nother thing that I've had to, learn to open myself up to.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Well, let's talk about that, because I think, you know, the, the self-care piece of it is so relevant in that kind of journey. You know, can you talk a little bit about how self-care factored into your ability to publish two books in one year, especially when you hadn't intended to be an author? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see, I can start with the actual writing process. So I had to... I realized that uh, self-care, I definitely made sure that I worked out. Working out is, for me, my safe space. So I made sure to do that. But the other self-care or just being mindful was actually, I know you had men- you spoke on this earlier, was just creating space. Um, or how, I forget how you said that, which I love. Because I think that was something that throughout this entire journey, I've really had to allow space for A, the creative process to happen, but then B, also creating space for myself. I'm definitely a people pleaser and I say yes to everything and I wanna do everything and adventure all the time. And so I, I, A, I had to create space in my literal calendar and be very mindful of what I said yes to. So I, if I had all these different friend engagements, I had to make sure like, okay, where do I wanna put my energy and who do I wanna put my energy towards and being mindful of that. So I had to learn to say no, which was is a, isn't an easy thing for someone like me who says yes to everything. Um, <laughs> so creating space in that sense, and then also creating space within my mind to be able to, because there's different ways that people write. And I had to kind of learn as I went, what worked for me, but to sit at my computer and tell myself, you're going to write a chapter or however many words you want to do it. I tried that. That didn't really work too well for me. I realized that I had to sit myself down for a longer period of time, actually, to allow space for me to be able to backspace and erase a a paragraph and not be really hard on myself. And so that was a journey in itself to kind of understand, A, you need to allow the space and also allow the grace to be able to erase and start over and see that through.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I can totally relate to that, just the creative process and, and getting clear on what your creative process is. And, and when I say creative process, I mean, that applies, I think, to anyone. You don't have to be an artist to, to be no, creative. Not, not. And I think, you know, understanding that sometimes that space is part of that process and being able to step away from from stuff, and at least for me, that's a big piece of you know when I'm writing. Like I have to step away from it for a period of time, even if it's like a business plan. Like you know, like like it's a step away and let it sort of percolate. But were there? Yeah. So I want I want to sort of get a little bit more granular thinking about that time or this past year. I suppose were there any daily habits in particular that you think most contributed to your ability to show up for your work and and for yourself and your friends um, during that time?
0: So. Like specifically, Mm -hmm. yeah. I journaled. I don't, uh, journaling is not for everyone. It's not like I journaled every day. But actually, before this talk, I went back through and I was reading through my journals, through my book writing process, and even through this launch process. And I think that was something that I, speaking on self care and mindfulness, I allowed myself to feel whatever the heck I was feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, so So
1: important uh,
0: yeah and it's something that I think it's very easy just in general for life to just go through the motions and not really allow yourself to feel what you're actually feeling and writing by myself I could have ran away from my feelings so easily but I knew that if I was giving my all to the readers I had to be able to acknowledge myself and work through my emotions. So there were definitely times of, like we said in the beginning, of fear, imposter syndrome. I, again, like I said, I wasn't, I'm more of an artist by nature and so not a writer. And I had to learn to trust that I've been teaching for three or four years and that I knew what I was doing. So throughout my journal, it's kind of funny. I, I, and journaling is something that it's so personal. So I don't know if they they're, they're, they're is definitely not a right or wrong way. Let's just say that. But I realized I journaled just how if I was talking to a friend, if Mm -hmm. I was just talking, kind of pep talking myself, and I'd kind of let my emotions just blur out on the page. And then at the end, I'd say like, you got this. (laughs) 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 It's kind of funny to read it back and see that I would tell myself that. But I think that was a very tangible thing that Again, it wasn't like a weekly thing, but I remember when I would feel this flurry of emotion, I would just write it down because I, I wanted to remember it because I knew it was a special time in my life that this was not going to happen, probably won't happen again. Um, but I think that was a tangible thing that allowed it not to be pent up inside yeah. of me.
1: Yeah, my listeners know this. I, because I, I've mentioned it a couple of times that I have struggled with journaling and yet I oh, really? recognize <laughs> that I would benefit from it. And I'm happy to say that I think it's, I think I'm on like a four day streak now.
0: <laughs> oh, good for you. Wait, yeah, but-
1: I mean, I think it's about finding, to your point, it's about finding if that's a tool that you're interested in and think could be useful, it's about finding the way to do it. And, you know, just like you said, you know, you sort of just, feel your way through it. And you know, for me, it's like, sometimes I write down like just three words that I want to kind of guide my day. And sometimes more comes out and that's fine. If it's just the three words, like that's the deal I made with myself (laughs) in order to sort of start doing it. So I love
0: love that. And that's awesome. And like, yeah, we were saying it's just such a personal thing that, and you also have to allow yourself to be like, if tomorrow you on day five, if you're like, I don't want to do that that's okay. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Because then, well, that's (laughs) an interesting segue into perfectionism, right? Because I Ah. I wanted to talk about that with you, Mm -hmm. because I think that you might have some interesting insight on that. And it's a common hurdle for my coaching clients when it comes to self-care and healthy habits, because they think they have to do being healthy perfectly or not do it at all. And I feel like hand lettering seems like it would trigger perfectionists too. So can you talk about, you know, what you would say to someone who's maybe curious about this kind of creative pursuit, but who doesn't do it because of that yeah. fear?
0: Well, in general, I think the overarching theme is that for some reason, we as adults are not really good at being beginners.
1: No, we're not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, and I think social media doesn't help because you see things and you're like, wait, why am I not like her yeah. already instantly? And so with anything, whether it's journaling or with this hand lettering world that I'm in, I would say that The beginner part is very important and also understanding that you each have, so what specifically with hand lettering, I always start my things and saying that you have your own signature and your own mark and that it's very cheesy, but it's something that it helps people feel like, okay, I already have a foundation. I'm already here. I'm Nicole. I'm myself, whatever, insert your name, and then realize that any other tips from whoever you're learning from help that mold and shape what you already have rather than feeling like I have to be exactly like this person. I have to copy them and I have to follow their blueprint plan and have their life exactly. Mm, I, I think that. That, I think that's a scary thing when you have all these education, online education things that we see and you want this quick fix and we forget that you already have a lot inside of you and to trust that.
1: Right, right. And that the education is, to your point, just sort of molding or not mold, not even molding, like adding. Um...
0: Adding, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Adding to what you already have. Yeah. I guess that's, that's the end of it, right? It's just refining maybe the sort of personal stamp that you, that you're putting on the thing anyway.
0: Yeah. And then the other thing is at least with hand lettering, well, in general with perfectionism is allowing, so in my book, it's really cool. I was able to weave in life lessons. I don't know if you're able to see. I any. saw those.
1: Yeah, I, I saw yeah. those when I was flipping through the book. I loved it.
0: And so that was my kind of way to bring it back to, yes, hand lettering might be the specific, specific art thing that in my book people are learning, but it's actually a bigger picture in life. And a couple of them are, like we've talked about, shifting perspective and finding the beauty in imperfections. And I think with hand lettering, we all see, or just in general, any art form, it looks beautiful, but you don't really know why. And so whenever I teach and with anything that even I'm learning new, I'm not very good at, let's say, accounting, like numbers are not my thing. (laughs) And so if someone's sitting here and they're a number person, they don't understand art, then I totally understand. And I'm in the same, I'm in the opposite boat, (laughs) Um, Right. But I've had to learn to understand and try whenever I have something new that I'm frustrated with, I try and understand why. Why am I frustrated? A. But then the other part is specifically with hand lettering. The reason why I wrote this book is that I wanted to dissect and help people see what is happening. So if we're talking about the angle of the lettering or the spacing of it, it helps, I think, create instead of we have this wall or this um, curtain of well, that's just perfect, like I will never be able to achieve that and kind of help remove the layers and see, well, this is why. So if you are able to add to whatever you have and change one slight thing, you'll be able to start to see changes and it won't be a drastic 180 or 360 change, but it'll be able to, like we just said, add on to what you already have. So I think breaking that down because I'm a big perfectionist. I remember in school, I was always that person that if I got like 98%, I just want to start all over. (laughs) Um, So I could totally relate to people who have that. And I very much had to learn to let go and see it as a process, A, but which is way easier said than done. (laughs) But that whole beginner mindset thing and remembering that you already have a great foundation. I think that's probably the underlying thing that I try and tell myself that may help your listeners as well.
1: Yeah, and I'm also intrigued by this idea of, you know, hand lettering and 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 other art forms really being alternatives for meditation, which I can mm-hmm. I totally agree with that and, and certainly have experienced that myself. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and the specific mindfulness lessons that, that have come out of your art? And you've talked about a few of them, but I'd love to hear more about that.
0: Yeah, I think if anyone is interested in trying it, um using something, I believe, I'm not saying that you have to get away from technology at all. I'm not being a hippie and saying that, but I think (laughs) we have gone so far with using our thumbs to scroll or our fingers to scroll on social media that it's when I have taught my classes and when I do teach my classes in person and to see people the connection between your brain, I'm not, I don't know anything scientifically wise, but the connection between your brain and using your hand and then physically having something in front of you that you created Mm. really brings you back to the present. And so that's one part. And then the other part is being able to, if you make a card for someone and sharing that, that tangible exchange is something that we don't have very often anymore. So I think that also brings you back to being in the present and being mindful that you can create those moments, even if you send a card to someone who lives in a whole nother country. So that's one thing, but then I want to go back to speaking on just the personal habit of it. When I got into hand lettering, I should have started with this, but I fell into it because I actually was an athlete growing up. So all I really did was play soccer so that's all I really knew myself as. So I wasn't a creative, but I remember when I graduated from college and I was just, I needed some sort of outlet. I couldn't go run around and play soccer anymore. And I realized that I've always loved quotes. I was always someone that I would have a journal of just quotes that I connected with.
1: I did too. That's hilarious. Really? Yeah. I have like, I don't know where they are now, but yeah. like... <laughs> probably like 3 or 4 journals from from like my time growing up where I was collecting quotes. That's
0: yes. Insane. They yeah, I I feel like they're very powerful. And so I took those and I it was when there's a platform called Tumblr back then that was popular. It was just a blog format. And so I created a Tumblr and I just posted it for every day for about a year and I would draw a quote and at that time I wanted to try out watercolors. And so I would draw a quote and I would post it to my Tumblr. And that was something that it was a, back then I didn't really even know what the word mindful meant, but it was my way of kind of an outlet and getting something on the paper. And I think the act of also doing it daily, which is like you were saying for you is journaling every day was a good habit that I was starting to create. And I think that is what I try and teach people to don't feel like this has to be perfect. You don't have to do this or you don't have to like set aside two hours a day to practice because no one has that amount of time. But if you have even five minutes or even just 10 minutes that you're watching TV or something, or even if you're on the phone with someone and you just write and doodle a word while you're talking, I think that is a more tangible way of being able to experiment and see where this craft can lead you to rather than feeling like I have to sit down and have this perfect white table and um, right. like make it perfect. So hopefully if that, if it's not anyone's interested, that's the way I would start is just find a quote that you love or one word and just write it out. Well, and I love
1: in, in your book by hand that you have a whole section that talks about, you know, making lists and, you know, (laughs) using the hand lettering in like everyday life, like making your grocery list or whatever. I, I, I totally resonated with that. Um, and yeah, like bringing it into the, bringing those mindful moments into the everyday. I thought that was such a perfect way to do it. You know, you posted in your Instagram feed recently, something that I thought was interesting. You were talking about an experience that you'd had recently swimming with sharks actually, but you specifically,
0: (laughs) which was interesting
1: on its own. Right. (laughs) But what, Intrigued me was that you talked about that, you know, thinking or feeling like you had forgotten how to relax and the intensity of Mm. writing and promoting your books. Can you talk about what's helped you to, you know, tune back into yourself and maybe slow down? Maybe swimming with sharks is part of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, well, (laughs) that's really funny. I love that you saw that. I, yes, well, if anyone ever wants to swim with whale sharks, I did it in Mexico and I highly recommend it. Um, It's just an experience in itself. But Mm -hmm. as far as a lot of the things, especially with my Instagram, I'm a lot more personal. And I think it's it's kind of been my journal to be able to relate whatever experience I have in life to whatever I'm feeling at the moment. So I definitely use that to just share those things. So I love that you read that. So I am in the process of, well, I guess that was a week ago. And so like I had written there, I did kind of forget to relax. I've been so hyper-focused on promoting and that was like i said i'm more of an introvert so being out in front of everyone took a lot of energy out of me and it wasn't only that i didn't really feel in alignment with myself because i had to become a saleswoman and not that that's a bad thing at all it's just not my personality to kind of shout and so i i had to i didn't really know what was happening and why i was feeling so off and The other part of the piece is with having a book, you have to promote it (laughs) and obviously, and um, I also kind of felt a little bit alone. So with doing a book, I do have my publisher and they do a lot of things, but with any of my events, I did it all on my own. I had to plan them all. I had to get the people there and I don't like to celebrate things or I don't like to have a lot of light on me. So doing that 10 different times in 10 different cities and being able to talk about it, I think expended a lot of energy for me. And so I've been so, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? I need to talk about the next event. How do I do that? What do I need to do? X, Y, Z. And I did forget to relax. And one thing that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to is for some reason, there's this stigma, or not stigma. I felt this before, so I don't know if you can relate to this too, of you feel like you get somewhere and then you're there and you should feel like that all the time. So what I mean by that was, which we could talk about more is when I went to Bali after I, um, and I know you did as well. Yeah. (laughs) After I promoted my first book. So for people who are listening, the timeline was April of 2018 by hand, which is my adult lettering book released. And then in October of 2018, my kids lettering book released. And so in between, I knew that I wanted to, I knew I needed to allow myself to celebrate on my own and be very personal. So that's, I went to Bali with one of my best girlfriends and that was a whole experience in itself. And I felt like I got very, I was able to finally step away from the process of a book in general. And I was very mindful there. And I was, I did a yoga retreat and it was amazing. And I remember journaling and feeling very at peace then. But knowing that I would have to step into the same cycle of promoting again a few months later. Yeah. And so I realized come October when I started to release the kids book, I recognized the same feelings I was having the first time in a little bit different light. But I remember feeling that, okay, what's next? Like I was saying. And so I actually was kind of feeling a little bit of shame and frustration with myself thinking, Nicole. You went to freaking Bali. Like you should have, <laughs> you should be better by now. And that, so that in itself has been a whole learning process of remembering, trying to come back to those memories of that or those lessons that I did learn and reapply it. And remembering that every day is a new day. And I know that's so cheesy and we hear that a lot, but I think allowing myself the grace to see that rather than beating on myself and thinking, well, you should have done this. You should be there. You should mentally be a a lot better prepared Mm. and stepping into that. And then I think, so I've been on that path for the past couple of weeks. And then the shark situation, I think brought me into reality and I was laughing and I was, it was a wild experience. So not that everyone needs to have like that wake up type of moment experience. Cause like I said, I think I've been on this journey for the past couple of weeks of acknowledging what I've been feeling. But that moment I realized you're still the same person. You can live your life and you don't have to feel like you have to put these books on, like you're wearing them all the time. Like these people in Mexico have no idea what you do. And that's amazing. (laughs) And the shark obviously has no idea what you do. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a very long story. But I think that was that moment of realizing you can take your step out and you can have fun because I think I've been so focused on promoting and giving these books the best chance it can get. And not that I forgot about myself because I've been very mindful of myself. I think I just need to come back full circle and realize that I can still have fun.
1: Yeah. Well, and it is, it's easy to fall back into those patterns. I mean, I think, I mean, what I'm hearing that's resonating with me so much is, yeah, just the importance of play and having fun. And it's so easy to let that stuff fall by the wayside, regardless of what you're doing, you know, with work or family or whatever, it's very easy to forget how important that is.
0: Yes. And it's funny because it's this childlike mindset that we've, that just goes away as we become adults. And especially when you're in the working force, whether you're a mama or you have your own career that, um, you kind of forget about that.
1: Totally. Well, and that's one of the things I love about art and and to your point, sort of adopting that beginner's mind, because I think that it helps us access that. And I'm so guilty of this. Like as we're talking, I'm like, I'm such a freaking hypocrite. Like I can say this and then I can also be very conscious of the fact that I need to add more play into my life as well. So um, I just share that because I feel like we're all in it together. And to your point, being able to recognize when you have maybe gone too far to the other extreme and being able to say, okay, I need to make space for this again.
0: Right. Right. And I think the other thing is everyone's the different seasons that people are in, because I could not say I needed play a year ago. I needed space to actually execute. Yeah. So, um, at least in that moment, but I think that's another thing is recognizing that life changes. And I think that was also a different thing for me to understand. That things were different than when I was in my little bubble writing a book. And I've been fighting and resisting change, even though I'm someone that I'm actually pretty good with change and it doesn't scare me. But I was fighting this new position that I'm in because I felt like I didn't want it or it wasn't right and it wasn't helpful to other people. And so I feel like wherever any of your listeners are in that space, I think that helps with bringing it full circle with the mindfulness of recognizing how can you serve people or what can you bring to the table and kind of saying yes to that, because that was definitely the space I'm still in. I'm still, I feel like I'm on the cusp of getting over that line and recognizing that what I do have to offer isn't going to hurt anyone. And by not sharing it is actually, hurting myself and hurting other people in the end. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, not only is it not going to hurt other people, it's adding value to their lives. Right. I mean, and I think that that's true of, of everyone. I mean, even just the, like, like totally not kidding. Like even just the, opening, you know, the package when you sent me a copy of your book and just how beautiful it is and just the physical experience mm-hmm. of holding it and flipping through it added value to my life. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just I want to share that because I think that, you know, mm-hmm. we hold these things inside that that do we don't think they're valuable and they always are.
0: Well, that's very really cool to hear. And the other thing I will say that makes me think about is well, A, I love that you had that connection with that. But then B, I appreciate that you told me that. Because I think the other thing that I'm learning, this is a whole nother tangent that I hope it's okay if I talk about (laughs) Um, is saying things. Because I think
1: that, like,
0: I, I appreciate so much that you told me because I wouldn't have had this feeling if you didn't tell me that. And like you said, it keeps going forward. If I didn't create that, you wouldn't have had that experience. But I'm learning that writing a book, I think put me on this platform that I didn't realize I was on because I was just this little artist over here doing whatever I wanted. And so it was weird to see once I released the book into the world that people have connected with me for so long and I had no idea. Mm. And I would tell people like, thank you for telling me that because not that I need an ego booster at all, but I think of other people who I care about or who I think about. And so now I'm trying to get better of if I think of someone if I I had a good day, I'll write a note. But if I can't, I'll just send a text and say like, hey, I'm thinking of you or even just responding to something or someone's post and saying something. I don't Mm -hmm. know why that's really a hot topic that's been on my heart lately of just saying something instead of mindless or I don't know, you think it inside, but it doesn't help make this world better if you don't share it.
1: Right, right. No, I love that. And just the, just the connection piece of it, right? Like making, being conscious about, you know, connecting with people when we think of them. And yeah, I, I try to do the same thing. And text, you know, as much as I hate, Uh, texting as as, as sort of like a primary form of communication, it is very handy for those in the moment. Like, you know, oh, hey, how did that thing go that we talked about the other day? Or, hey, I was just thinking of you because I saw this thing. Or, you know, it it can be very handy from that perspective, I think.
0: Totally. And maybe it's on my heart a lot now because I just have all the kids book stuff. And so seeing kids, I've just been trying to promote them of just write a card to someone. And then when I've taught, I've um, done some kids workshops and some kids, pop-ups and to see them write cards to each other. And the cutest thing, this one little girl wrote a card for the girl. And I didn't realize it either, who her friend was right next to her. And after the time together, she gave it to her. And just seeing that pure reaction is so priceless. Yeah. Well,
1: and I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I grew up, so I grew up in the South and other Southerners listening to this might might relate to this. Like I was raised to always sing, send thank you notes. Like I send thank yeah. you handwritten thank you notes for everything. And people are like, you know, actually they love it generally. I mean, and I love it. Like it's a, it's um I love the physical experience of it, the mindfulness piece of it and just being able to, yeah, just send a physical thing <laughs> to someone is such a, a rare thing these days.
0: So. Yeah. It'll be very interesting come even like a year from now, if <laughs> what things will be like, but yes, I love that you were taught that and raised that. And it's such a, it, not that it's a lost craft that needs to like have a resurgent, but it helps with, especially if your audience is a big on mindfulness and helping create that in your life and for other people, that's an easy thing that you can do.
1: Yeah, totally. So, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up, I always like to ask um, some of my guests, what are sort of three things you can't live without when it comes to your own self-care, whether they're products or habits or apps or places or whatever, do you have three things that you feel like you can't live without?
0: Hmm. Well, one thing is definitely I've been learning when, and when writing the book that um, sleep is very important.
1: Yes, indeed. I could Uh, not agree more.
0: (laughs) And a tangible thing that for you or anyone that's listening, I recently, I've have an eye mask and I have earplugs. Yes, and- I do
1: too. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I like they go with me everywhere. But even when I'm yep. at home, I use them.
0: Totally. And it just I thought about it cuz I just got off a of red eye this morning and I am so glad I have them. So I'm like you and I travel with them. But those are like tangible things that yeah, you may look cheesy and I don't care what the person thinks who's <laughs> next to me, but I know I slept better than they did. <laughs> totally. So, totally. that helps with create. <laughs> so those are one things. Um I'm trying to think. I don't know why I'm thinking of sleeping things. Was another thing that I knew that I did writing my book was I started. Do you ever use the sleep? What's it called? the The moon on your phone. The sleep. Oh,
1: time? the do not disturb
0: thing. You mean? Yes. Do you ever? Do yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. It's it's set to go on at a certain time every night and come, you know, turn off at every morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> so I don't know why when you said app, that's not really an app, but that's another thing that I thought of that I did, and also when I was especially writing the book was I would make sure I would have my phone away from me, but I would have the notifications that if someone called me twice and and if it was important that it'd ring up. Mm -hmm. But I think that allowed me as bringing it full circle, talking about creating space. I mean, people knew that I was in writing mode. So it's okay if I didn't respond urgently, but I always felt this need of, I needed a text to respond right away. And I had to learn to, put my phone away and it also helped me not just scroll mind mindlessly if I got frustrated with a paragraph I was writing and I wanted to just forget about it I would normally just go to Instagram and scroll yeah so that was kind of a very good tangible tip that can help people and then the other thing is find someone that you can talk to whether it's a friend or if it's a a trained person or even had just having conversations, I guess it's not really having someone to talk about, just making sure you talk about whatever it is that you're going through and it could be your journal. But I think that's like a very encompassing self-care piece that I realized that really has helped me be able to acknowledge and realize what I'm feeling is either writing it out or saying it to someone instead of just holding it inside of me.
1: Yeah, that's such a great tip. I'm so glad you share that because I I think we forget that. I mean, it all goes back to that connection thing. But in particular, when you're working through things, there's nothing better than talking about them with a friend or to your point or a therapist or whoever. Um, I love that. Yeah. So where
0: can people learn more about you and your work? So my Instagram is usually where I'm at, which is Nicole Miyuki and it's M-I-Y-U-K-I. And then I am going to create for you all a quote that you guys can download. So that will be on my website. And then I believe you'll be able to put that in the show notes. Yeah. So just a little gift for you guys.
1: I will. Thank you so much for doing that. And I'll definitely put those links, both of them in, in the show notes. And I just, I just want to thank you again for your time. This was so wonderful and um and thank you for your book and for all the work that you are putting out in the world and for getting over the fear of doing it
0: thank you i'm i really appreciate that and yeah if anyone i have the adult lettering book and the kids lettering book so if anyone if it interests you at all it's a very approachable way of just getting into it and also it could be a good mindful um treat for yourself
1: absolutely and it's a beautiful book (laughs) Thank (laughs) thank you nicole that's it for this week's episode of women on the rise. If you're ready now to wake up with the energy, clarity, and confidence to take on your goals, visit lauradolch.com slash women on the rise to get a few resources. I pulled together just for women on the rise listeners for show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit lauradolch.com podcast. If you'd like to support the work we do on the podcast, leave a rating or review wherever you listen, subscribe to the show, share episodes on social media or with your friends, and use the discount codes from our sponsors. It's all a huge help to the show and I truly appreciate it. This episode was produced by me with editing help from the team at Lens Group Media.